official goth mom podcast um this is the podcast for all of the aging goths punks emos and all you other alt weirdos i am your host perry lerner and with me is my producer and my lovely husband jesse Jerram. what up and uh we're literally taking goth mom to the mom territory now and i have my breast pump coming that's right. You, you you could make like a sick like that needs to be a backing track to something. Like you could make that. Hold on. Like specifically, mic the pump for a second. Hold on. You could drop a sick beat to that. I think. How far are you into pumping now? Like you've been hum- pumping. Uh, you must said humping. Well, I don't know how far you're into humping, hubba hubba. Um. Well, yeah. When did you start pumping? Um, six weeks in. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's been, like, three and a half months. Okay. Yeah. See, I obviously have no four and a half idea months, four and a half months. what it's like. I mean, I've tried pumping, but, you know, no milk. Yeah, it is funny when, like, we hang out with, like, our guy friends, and they're just like, you're literally getting milk. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's going on. We were watching that Pete Holmes stand-up where he's like, guys, women can make milk. Like, think about that. <laughs> How fucking, like, you come inside them, and then the body just goes, I'm going to stop, I'm going to turn on the milk thing, and now when she eats Quiznos, that Quiznos is going to be turned to milk. And it's really cool because, like, the milk adapts to, like, the needs of your baby. It's pretty fascinating. But anyway. So this is something, uh, you were a little uh, lukewarm on having kids when you and I met, just because nothing wrong about that. That's, you know, something a lot of women of this era deal with. But uh, I'm sure it's not like our child will subliminally know that and hold it against you one day. But um, but I did th- one, one of the reasons I thought you would take to it is that you got kind of like a hippie earth mama type thing. So like to feel like the full I almost feel like if it was a women's retreat, it would be like the full expanse of your womanhood bringing life in. We nourish life with our bodies where men only destroy and fuck them and blah. Wait, so what is that? That's like what you're... I'm I'm saying I knew you were going to be a good mom just because of the hippie aspect. At least I knew you would be really into the aspect of like giving life, creating life, nourishing life. But apparently along the way I went to like a hippie cult. I mean, (laughs) look, I just... We don't know know everything about each other. I've assumed some things. That's fair. Uh, Before we get into the topic this week... We wanted to talk about what we were doing right before this episode started. Which aside is, from uh, pumping. Aside from pumping. From pumping our boobs and other parts. Uh, yeah, based on the suggestion of quite a few people in our group, we are watching Fear Street, part one, 1994 on Netflix. Brainchild of R.L. Stein. If you go over and check out the KYG Y2G podcast, we were just talking about Goosebumps, his most famous creation. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Uh, how do you feel so far? We're only about an hour in. How do you feel so far about Fear Street Part 1, 1994? Uh, I'm so meh. On, I, I want to like it. None of the characters are likable. No. And one of your friends made the comment like, oh, well, it's like a throwback to movies of that era. And I had to mention like. And we both said like, like the er- it's like 80s. Yeah, the early 90s were a terrible time for horror. Like, But yeah, it feels like this literally feels like Stranger Things, but they took out all the 80s references and put 90s references in. Yeah. So also like totally different like 
like um what's the word i'm looking for um aesthetic no not aesthetic like uh villain situation uh-huh like it's it's not exactly like in that like stranger things is definitely more like sci-fi e where is this one is more like a straight slasher with like a, yes. a, a weird supernatural bent I guess yeah, I, I don't like I, I don't think we're spoiling anything. Apparently the other the other movies like intersect like with this one and they mentioned 1666 and I know one of them takes place in 1666. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing we're going to get like if we stick with this the horror like the um the origins of what's uh-huh. going on in this one. I mean so far I just I I want everyone to die. I don't like a single character. Uh, uh the, the the chubby kid, chubby kid's cool. Of course, you like the chubby kid. That's right, um, chubby pride. Also, like I didn't remember doing chat rooms. I didn't remember chat rooms being a thing in 1994. You could speak to that more than me, though, because I was four. It, it really wasn't. They might have uh, shoehorned that in there. Although, like, you know, fair. I, 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 I'm gonna look it up. I don't think AOL Instant Messenger was a thing until like much later. But like, also fair because like the general I. Dia is probably 90s, right? Like, well, I, I, it is, and I do think the notion is, like, he's such a nerd that he has this, like, because even the sisters, like, you know, you're on that stupid bullshit, so it's like, oh, even the cool kids think the internet is lame at this point. It's just, it's just this, true. this little fat boy listening to an awesome Iron Maiden song, by the way. Shout out Fear of the Dark. Oh, yeah, Jesse couldn't wait till that one came on. Yeah, fat boy on a fucking chat room listening to Iron Maiden. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like, I want to like it. And the people who told us about it, we really respect. AOL Instant Messenger didn't launch until May 1997. Mm, interesting. Go but to KYG, Y2K, we did an episode on AIM. But what about just AOL? Because you could still chat on AOL, couldn't you? It wasn't a private chat room. It was a just an IM. They didn't? I thought they had I am on regular AOL. No, I thought all you could do, maybe you could do a private chat, but that still came from a chat room. In case you're, uh, Perry is four years younger than me. She was born in 1990. I was born in 1986. <laughs> However, my family was poor, so I didn't get my first fucking computer with 97, and I didn't get one with the internet in it for four more years. Yeah, well, whatever. Write us and tell us if we're wrong. So what is uh, the main topic? What we want to talk about today. So we want to talk about the reunion of Blink-182. Oh, here we go. Why did I ask you to do this with me? <laughs> I guess this is growing up. Oh, man, you took you took me. I was going to be like, take your pants off. Ah. Yeah, you ruined it. Say it. Here it comes. Take your pants off. All right. All right. Mark, Tom, and Travis show for life. That's right. This is my podcast. I dictate how it's done. Yes, dear. So, yeah, Tom is rejoining the band. Matt Skiba is so long. Farewell. Auf saying goodbye. He was um, supposedly very mean to Laura Jane Grace back in the day, so fuck Matt Skiba. Really? Don't oh, you don't I... remember that from the book? Well, I don't. Actually, I mean, I remember a lot of people were like shitting on against me. I think Laura Jane Grace might have stolen Matt Skiba's girlfriend. Oh, this does sound familiar, actually. Yeah. And what what band was Matt Skiba in? Alkaline Trio. Alkaline Trio. Yeah. A, a 
D tier band if there ever was Never one. Was, I knew people who were into them. It was not. It was, I know like two songs by them. It's funny to look back and like think. I, I love uh, guys. Check out uh, Finn McKinty and Punk Rock NBA. He's not paying us for this sponsorship because he is way, way bigger than yeah, us. Yeah, no, but he's great for uh, all of you all people. Yeah, and I like a lot of his uh, rankings, and especially he's done that with, like, pop punk, where it's like, all right, well, if you're going, like, S, S being above A for superior, obviously Blink-182 is going to be up there. And then, like, well, where does a newfound glory fall in? Like, I'd put them as an A, other people more like a B. But, yeah, just some of those bands. Like, you remember, like, you would find somebody and, like, oh, yeah, my favorite band is, like, messed like ew um, why i didn't come across that too much because again that's like a song that's a band that people knew like two songs what i'm saying occasionally there would be somebody where like a clearly inferior band was their favorite i guess i remember like i had first i didn't like blink initially i was very adamant about not liking blink i thought they were lame and I had this guy sit behind me in band. He was a drummer, so he was always in the back. And he was always whispering to me about how I should listen to Blink. And I'm like, you are not helping the cause. That that was like middle school, so I guess like 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few years, and I got like really into them. Um, not sure why. Oh, so I hadn't realized you hadn't gotten into them when Enema of the State came out. Granted, you were I was younger. too young. Okay. See, yeah. I mean, I knew all the small things in Adam's uh, song, but. So, from my point of view, again, as a slightly older uh, alt kid, whatever the fuck I was, um, yeah, I was. The song Damn It was out there. It's it's so funny how music works today, where, like, Damn It, which was not, it's one of their best songs. It was not a big song, it wasn't on MTV. As a matter of fact, the main place I remember Damn It when it blew, like, before uh, Enema of the State came out is it plays when the cops show up and ruin the party in Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And even that movie I didn't see until I was older. Uh, I would look. Could we just do a whole episode on Can't Hardly Wait? Sure. All right. <laughs> Actually, that's more my podcast than yours. But we Then how about too. we do it on, it's a crossover podcast. Okay, we can do that. K-O-G-Y-2-K, Millennial Nostalgia. Uh, but, yes, when... As very much a TRL kid, I was like 12, 13 years old. Uh, What's My Age Again comes out and everybody's like, this is fucking great. And They actually did the right thing where out of the three singles off that album, What's My Age Again, All the Small Things, and Adam's Song, uh, typically bands would go for like the biggest song first and it's always clear which is the biggest song. I'd say All the Small Things was way, like people forget What's My Age Again for the most part, I think. I don't think people forget that at all. I feel you don't hear it on radio as much, but all the small things was just much, much, much bigger. But uh, so basically, so yeah, they have this big album come out. They have the new drummer, Travis. They got rid of their alcoholic, shitty drummer, Scott. Sorry, Scott. And uh, all of a sudden it's just like, yes, this is the shit. (laughs) Oh, they brought back Dracula. Turn the shit off. And look at the guy. (laughs) I think he was in Preacher, actually. Yeah. The TV show was bad. Sorry, we're distracted. <laughs> Don't wa- watch. Watch the first episode of Dracula on Netflix and then stop and enjoy the memories. <laughs> no, the first two were good. Anyway, mm. we we're getting off topic. So yeah. So anyway, so like I didn't start listening to them like really hardcore until high school, and then I started listening to them around when I was like dating my high school boyfriend when we were like friends, and like he happened to be into them too, and we were like, oh my god, like. 
we love this band. We're like, we're never going to fucking see them with Tom because they hate Tom. We were listening to Plus 44, which, like, if you don't know, is, like, Matt. Oh, Matt. Wow. Mark and Travis's side project without Tom, which is, like, basically a hate letter to Tom. So we were like, they're never, they're never reuniting. And then... There were so many side projects in that fucking band. Yeah, but this one was like plus forty four. But they always so they boxcar racers, the transplants, angels and airwaves. The difference about plus forty four versus all of the other ones is they would say. I remember people saying like, "This is what the next Blink album would have sounded like." All the other side projects sound so fucking different. Uh I mean, boxcar racer is more in line than any of them but not really mm-hmm. but plus 44 sounded a lot like them and yeah we were like we're just never getting this and then um two years later i guess what year was it 2000 was it 20 was it uh 2012 i think i'm not t- i'm talking about when they reunited reunited though i think it was 2012 no okay. no 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 it was 2009 it was okay. I was I was definitely on the younger side. So I saw them. I saw them play Sorry. a Y one Y one was the alt station in Philadelphia, and Y one hundred was the shit. I miss it every day. It's been replaced with the worst lamest R and B. But uh, and that's somebody who likes R and B. No, it's lame R and B. Y one hundred was um, replaced with sports radio. I thought. No, that was ninety four. Ninety four one. one. That was YSP. Oh, YSP. Yeah. I hope you're from Philadelphia, or all this is gibberish to you. WMMRMGK, woo! Um, so yeah, uh, Y100 would have two shows. They would have one in the fall and one in the summer. There would be Festival and Feastival. I saw Blink-182 at Feastival where Tom was blatantly just like, I'm drunk, I'm depressed, I had a fight with my wife before the show. Here, Here's a song about your, your penis. And like everybody on stage, nobody seemed happy. They didn't want to deal with Wait, each other. that? Ah, uh, this had to be like 2006. Okay. I think they were broken up already. I don't know. It, it was okay, so I, I was out of high school, I think. Self-titled, I know, came out in 2004. That was their last album. Okay, no, it had to be before that then. So 2009 is when they got back together. Me, my ex, my friend, who we're, I'm still friends with, and her ex, and another friend all went to Hershey Park because that was the closest thing. I were. was way wrong. It was 2001. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. What is time? Yeah, we went to Hershey because that was the closest they were fucking playing. Keep in mind, like, I was in, like, uh, Jersey still. My friend was in New York. So, like, Hershey was a fucking far track. So we went there. I rolled. <laughs> I'm sorry. What what what, what does rolling <laughs> Mean? I did ecstasy at a bleak <gasps> show. <laughs> oh, my God. It was great. But it was also, like, freezing and raining, even though it was, like, the middle of August. And I remember thinking I was going to get hypothermia. And I was like, this fucking blows. But we made it. And it was awesome. So this time around, I'm kind of like, I don't feel the same hype to see them again with Tom. Yeah, I, I I've seen a lot of bands that were like, oh, I need to catch them again. They're reuniting. Um, actually, th- this may be a good section to talk about. Uh, so I, I feel like the theme we want to talk about here is bands reuniting because right. now, now you're older. Not to mention we're also 
It's hilarious that this has been a talk for like almost a year now and it still hasn't happened yet. The when we were young fest. Oh, yeah. You're- oh, well, wait, let me before we get too far from this, let me preface by saying I would absolutely see Blink again if they were playing at like Camden where you could get some like cheap ass lawn seats and like call it a day. My issue is that they're playing stadiums and all of the pre- the tickets are going to be like $500. Yeah, it's very expensive. That's really what the issue is. I also, I just don't have any interest in New Blink-182. Me I mean, neither. That was always my problem. I was like, I don't want them to like mature, but I don't want to hear like 40-year-old guys singing about like chasing girls and their penises either. Yeah. So it's like, well, like. The new song, Edging, is complete. It's just dick jokes. <laughs> but uh, I, I think like the last interest I had for them was I think it was the self-titled album because that's the one that uh, oh fuck it what is it da 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 I'll be land this time is almost over wait what the never the same again after you, you came, came and, and went, went da, 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 da. oh feeling this feeling this yeah like as a, as a musician I liked that because I felt it was like very progressive they were making shit weird but uh, I was never like I. Still, even all this time later, I like Dude Ranch. Enema of the State was like, it lost a lot of the coolness for me because it just became pop. So I didn't like self-titled, which is funny because that's probably like the one of the first uh, albums where it was age appropriate for me. Um, But I, it was too emo. Yeah. Is that the album that uh, I Missed You was on? Yes. That is the hilarious, like they're trying to be all serious. Other people have made this observation. This is not an original one. But the hilarity of watching the band and Tom starting to go their separate ways, where like they have this dark sound, Angel of My Nightmare, I miss you, I miss you. And then, where are you? <laughs> There's spiders and they're eating in my butt. Like, <laughs> oh God. But uh, yeah, Tom DeLonge, I mean, hilariously, here's the fucking thing. So apparently, one of the reasons they had the big breakup recently, because they had like a hiatus. But this last one has been like a breakup. They fucking replaced him. Like this that's is the thing. Better. That's why I wasn't surprised. It wasn't actually a breakup. It was indefinite. They didn't have the bad blood that they did the first time around. I thought this one they had the more bad blood because I thought what happened was they were all ready to go on a tour, and Tom was just like, "Nah, I want to look at Area 51." And like, so they just like, "Fuck it, we want to keep this time. We want to keep these dates. We're replacing him." That's what I thought happened with the most recent one. It might have been, but I don't think they were as mad. Like the uh, last one was like, "Tom's a piece of shit." Uh, maybe. But, like, uh, like I said, they wrote a whole album about how Tom's a piece of shit, basically. <laughs> but hilariously, the fact that Tom DeLonge was fucking vindicated on all that alien bullshit. Oh yeah. Because like a lot of like the fucking government just came out like, "Look, we're dealing with this Trump shit. There's aliens." Yes. The, the, the fucking, the eat my ass and balls guy was right. Leave us alone. We're dealing with World War fucking five over here. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's pretty cool. So, but yes, reunions. Think, was there any, so here were my two big reunion shows that blew my ass out of the water was, uh, at the drive-in at the drive-in. It's funny. Both these bands had kind of a similar story, uh, at the drive-in and refused. Both released albums in the very, like, 99, 2000 that were considered game-changer, like, watershed moments of music for the era. They couldn't handle the pressure, and they ended up breaking up while touring those albums. And then they were both broken up for, like, 15 years and got back together at the drive-in. Blew my fucking mind. Uh, It was so great. They still had a lot of energy. Refused. I went to see them and it was great, but they gave me reason to show up again. Uh, they're a five piece band with two guitarists, 
And I noticed during the show, like, there's only one guitar. What the fuck's going on? And they do half of the show. And then they're like, yeah, by the way, they're a Swedish band. Like, yes, our, our, our guitarist, Stian, he, co- he could not get his visa. So first time ever, we play a four-piece. Okay, fuck capitalism. One, two, three, four. And <laughs> it, was, it was such a good show. But the sound was really different. But it makes me excited to go see them again when and if they come back. Those socialist motherfuckers. Yeah, for me, my big one was blank. I thought you were going to say, technically, I guess this isn't a reunion, but I thought it was going to be my Ken that you were going to say. Well, I I was talking uh, reunions that I actually seen. Like, Mm, my Ken, I want to see my Ken. Despite the fact, and I'll say this, though, as somebody who loves My Chemical Romance, every live video I've seen of them, with the exception of, like, two, they're not great live. Yeah. And that happens particularly with... uh, I mean, people say, like, oh, well, they got so big and pompous on the Black Parade. Like, again, as a musician, arrangement-wise, they were they were doing a lot of shit in the studio that just couldn't be, couldn't or wouldn't be redone live. Like, uh, the guitar solo and I'm Not Okay, damn. Those are two guitars playing in harmony. In live, they just never, like, I don't think Frankie Arrow can play those parts. It was like, just hang out on the fucking palm mutes, buddy. You're doing fine. Also, Gerard cannot hit those notes. He can't. You know who was the most guilty of that? Because at least at the time he could hit those notes. I remember when the song The Reason by Hoobastank came out. Oh, my God. I hated that song. And the reason is, yeah. I remember live performances they were doing to uh, promote their album at that time. And he would bail out of that fucking high note every time. Like, and the reason. Sing it along, everyone. Oh, God. No, I hated Hoobastank. Yeah, Hoobastank. Hoobastank stunk. <laughs> Hoobastank stank stunk. That's what we have to say. I'm trying to think who I, like. Crawl oh, in the Dark was a good song. Okay, you know what? Minus Blink, also super exciting reunion, was Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Sa- Sans Darcy, obviously. Um, But that was pretty cool. Uh, James Eha and Jimmy Chamberlain were back together. As somebody who saw Billy Corgan perform with Zwan, also at that festival with Blink-182. Wow. Yeah, I'm so glad I, I got to see them reunited because Zwan was like, Billy Corgan shows up and is just like, I'm, I'm not playing any of my songs. Here's Zwan. Oh, like, God. Ugh. That show was, so, I think uh, Sum 41 was actually the best performers at that show. And though, you know what? I assume that's before Derek almost killed himself. Yes. Sum 41 is an interesting band in that that's a band that has had reunions but never actually broke up. Mm. Because uh, Dave Brown Sound quit like at their peak because he wanted to do metal, which is a bummer because then his metal band wasn't good. Who knows any other band members' names in that band other oh, than Derek Wibley? You ready for this bullshit? You ready oh, for this? God. Derek Wibley. Cone McCaslin, Steve-O32, and Dave Brown Sound Box. Yeah. I know I'm not the one you thought you knew back in high school. Uh, but yes. yeah, Dave Brown Sound left, and uh, Steve-O32 left. It was just Derek and Cone. And then they already had a band, and then Dave Brown Sound was like, can I come back in the band? Like, we really don't want to get rid of the other guitarists. Like, eh, fuck it, we're a five-piece now. So now you see live videos of them, and Derek Wibley is just like, has a, a useless guitar slung about him most of the time that he doesn't use. But they sound good. Check out Sum 41's newer albums. They're they really were, like, still, like, going high and heavy in Japan for a long-ass time, like, way after we were done with them. Oh, yeah. It's very, it was very strange. Japan loves washed-up Western media. Hey, I mean, wherever you could play, right? Yeah, Tom Waits has that great song, I'm Big in Japan. 
Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so just yeah, reunions in general. It's for one thing, when we were young came out and everybody was me like, holy fuck, I'm old. Dude, the the lineup for next year looks way better. I disagree. I think this really? lineup was way better. Well, for one thing, I told you fucking uh oh, what's the psychobilly band I like? The um, um oh uh they where they wander. Yeah, you're not helping. The um, hells No, no. Horror pops. Me. Yes. The horror pops are playing. But yeah, it was like the hard, but you know, you know, we're going to pause this and we're going to bring up the lineups because I really want to compare these now, now that we're talking about it. All right, we back with the When We Were Young lineup. So. Okay, this is, so you're, you're going to read this year's, the ones that look interesting. All right, you know, what, you. let's, uh, let's compare first the two headliners. Okay. This year, My Chemical Romance and Paramore. Next year is Green Day and Blink-182. Yeah, I'm all about that. I think you got to call that a tie. As far as like Why? which is better. If we're talking which was better one year versus the other one. For me personally, it's Green Day and Blink-182 all the way. Uh, even though I don't give a shit about Paramore, I so don't give a shit about Green Day that My Chemical Romance wins out. I can see that too. Um, middle column, big ones. Bring Me the Horizon, Day to Remember, Avril Lavigne, Bright Eyes, and Jimmy Eat World. Don't give a shit about any of them. Wait, so who did you say? Bring Me the Horizon, They Remember, Avril, Bright Eyes, Jimmy Eat World. Okay, middle ones, Good Charlotte, Rise Against, Yellow Card, Sum 41, Simple Plan, Newfound Glory. All right, so bands I like in there, love Good Charlotte. Yes. Love uh, Newfound Glory. Uh, Sum 41 is up there, Yellow Card is up there. Okay, mine is uh, Good Charlotte, Rise Against, Sum 41, Here's the thing. Despite not being crazy about any of the bands in my column, I still think they're way bigger for this type of festival. But we're not talking about, I'm not doing this from like, like I'm doing this from like my own interest. Okay. Like fuck what everyone else wants. Like this, this is my lineup and what's the lineup I'm going to. All right. Well, all right. If I'm going down the bands I want to see, I'm just going to go through this. I'm going to pick every band I want to see. My Chemical Romance, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. I'd like to see Dashboard Confessional. Why not? Um, not Taking Back Sunday? I was never into them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would, I'd take it back Sunday to that. The used. Uh, I want to see Avril. I want to see Bayside. A lot, of, a lot of these bands were like, you know, everybody liked, but I wasn't into yet. Like Atreyu. I'd want to see Atreyu. No, you wouldn't. You'd be so done with Atreyu by the time they open their mouth. Uh, 303. Yeah, I want to hear Don't Trust Me. Here's the problem with this lineup. I know, like, for most of the bands, maybe three songs total. Yeah, I think that's all they're playing for. Uh, let me just finish real quick. Kitty, Horror Pops, uh, Thursday. Thursday should be bigger. They shouldn't be a little fucking blip on the side there. Yeah. Thursday are kings. A lot of the things is I've seen a lot of these bands, like, a decent amount. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, like I like a few songs by Senses Fail. I like a few songs from the from the use from Bright Eyes from Jimmy Eat World, but like none of them are like oh these were my favorite bands. I I mean I've seen Paramore a thousand times. Um, Take It Back Sunday I really like. Also I've seen it a thousand times. Okay, this one. Well, okay, I could get down with most of the songs of Green Day, even if I don't really like Green Day at this point in my life. Yeah, like they're they're fine if they're there. Right, but Why I've not? never seen them, and I'm like, okay, there's some good jams in there. Um, 30 Seconds to Bars, just because I 
can look at Jared Leto. Don't at me on that, please. He's he's hot. Ew. Um, <laughs> the Offspring, hell yeah. I could see them every year and be happy with that. Second concert ever. Good Charlotte, yeah. Thrice, yeah. Rise Against, yeah. Oh, fucking Rise Against. Oh, well, actually, I'm relieved about this. They're opening for Blink, but not. they're only doing it in, like, Australia and New Zealand. So I'm like, at least I'm not missing them with Blink. Those commie fucks. Motion City, Say Anything. Actually, I saw I Say Anything with Catherine and, like, very disappointed by their set list. I saw them. What year, what year was this? Um... Maybe 2015. Say, I saw them in 2010, which was the last year Max was still really mentally ill and miserable, and it was a great show. But yes, everything after that was bad. Sorry, buddy. I'm glad I'm glad you're happy. You're not talented Let's anymore. Let's see what else. Less than Jake. Um, Joyce Manor, The Front Bottoms. And those are just the bands that, like, Tiger's Jaw. Those are just the bands I, like, really, really like. I mean... I definitely know at least one song from, like, most of these bands. Mm -hmm. I am going to change my mind and say that this is the better set. Yeah. And you know why? Here's the thing. If we're talking, again, when we were young, uh, Green Day, Blink-182, Good Charlotte, Sum 41, Yellow Cards, eh, Simple Plant Stinks, whatever, Newfound Glory. The big ones for me, Offspring are good, but the thing that pushes it over the line for me is Say Anything, Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake, the Ataris, Phoenix TX, MXPX, Motion City Soundtrack, Saves the Day. It, 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 it is literally a who's who of bands that have five really good songs. Yeah. Like any one of them individually, I wouldn't want to see. Oh my God, Jim Class Heroes. If, if, ha- if half of these bands were playing a show in Philly, I could justify going. Yeah, but I can't. I feel like we're missing a I'm bunch of I'm not going to here. Vegas for this. Yeah, Reliant K. Oh, Zebra Head. God. Andrew Jackson Jihad. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not their name anymore because I know. Well, we, yeah. we care about things. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We won't be going to any right, of these. It's po- too expensive. Again, don't poison my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, something corporate. Yeah. No, you will not see us at any of this. Um, but what was I gonna say? Well, again, if we're if we're talking reunions and a lot of the chatter right now, the reason a lot of people won't be going to this is a very specific reason. Number one, they can't get tickets, and number two, the tickets they can find um, are insanely repriced. Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, there is only one band I will pay any amount of money to see, and you know which band that is. Bay City Rollers, of course. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, that I will like. I will get legally scalped tickets for otherwise. We were discussing that it seems like the industry has just completely given up or doesn't care or probably profits off of it. They, they, uh, the scalping of tickets. They totally profit off of it because Ticketmaster definitely gets like a cut of the resales. Um, because like, I don't understand why it's like legal to sell a thousand dollars tickets directly on Ticketmaster. But like, you're going to get in trouble if you're doing it on the street outside the theater. Like, I just don't get that. Yeah, it, it really is bullshit. It's a it's a shame that like uh, Louis C.K. before he you know blew all his potential down his fucking leg, all his clout, uh, had set up like a new ticketing model at his shows where he was like, "You're buying your tickets through me. I'm not doing it through Ticketmaster anymore." There's always those few guys who get big enough that they can do that. They try to buck the system, and then you know it turns out they did horrible things ten years before, and then there goes that model. So Trent Reznor tried to do that with. Um, he tried to masturbate in front of people in hotel rooms. No. 
I mean, maybe. Mm, he wants to fuck you like an animal. Please stop. <laughs> Oh my God. This is not your podcast. I know. Please do not make it your podcast. I'm providing banter. <laughs> no, I'm saying the inappropriate banter. Anyway, um, he tried to do that for the 2019, 18. Had to be 2019, yeah. The 2019, uh, no, I knew you in 2019. 2018. 2018 tour, he tried to... Have people like have to go to the venue, wait in line. Um, you could only get like a certain amount of tickets for each night. And like obviously, like if you're in okay, if you wait in line and you could get four tickets for each night, why wouldn't you get the max amount of tickets and still resell them? Like, I think you should have only been able to buy like one, like one night if you really wanted to like limit that kind of shit. Because then people could buy, like, eight tickets. That's still an insane amount of tickets to buy. And I bought those off of StubHub because I had a friend's wedding that day and I couldn't go. Like, I was in the wedding. And fucking worth it. That was my 28th birthday, literally on my birthday. So, yeah, conversely, uh, not even just reuniting bands, but just bands I know I'll never. I know I'll never see the Rolling Stones. And at this point, I'm fine with that. I mean, there's only, really only two of them left, isn't it? I mean, you can count um, Ronnie yeah, Wood sure. now, but yeah, like, Bill uh, Bill Watts is dead. Hey, did you know this did this? Yes, yes, I did know it did oh. that. Don't distract. This is a visual, this is an audio medium. Uh, <laughs> although, I, I have heard many people say in the past that uh, if Rolling Stones come to your area, just pay whatever for the ticket. You will never, ever, ever regret however much money you spent. I was so close to seeing the Rolling Stones with my friend Marvin, and that was the tour that they fucking, I think Mick got sick and they had to cancel it. And instead of, like, rescheduling, they refunded the tickets. That was, that was the closest I got to seeing them. Mick got sick. Bill got ill. Keith got... Beef. Beef. Uh, so yeah, it's, I'm trying to think if there's any, I feel like I've seen all the big, the only big band I want to see that I never saw is well, my chemical romance. And, uh, I still want to see X Japan. I missed the opportunity to see them in New York and Chicago. Isn't the dude dead? The main dude's dead, but they, uh, the main dude is dead. No, 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 no. The guitarist is dead. I mean, again, that band is weird because the drummer is the main dude, but no, the, the, uh, guitarist died in 1998. They reunited in like 2012 with a new guitarist. Speaking of reuniting, yeah, but uh, again, they're a Japanese band. They don't come around often, and literally, they only they play like their first 10 North American shows ever. And I didn't go to see any of them. The bigger thing I'm a sucker for than reunions is when bands are doing like anniversaries for an album I love. Uh, that happened. I went to see Protest the Hero a few years ago when they did the full album Fortress the whole way through. Again, giving me a reason to come back because they didn't play my favorite song, Mist, because it's not off that album. Oh, see, a lot of the bands I saw that did that, they played like their hits and then they got into the album because usually the album was not long enough to actually be a whole show. Well, see, these guys did it backwards in that they did the album the whole way through and then they played a few few extra ones the song i wanted to hear just didn't make the cut mm, okay yeah yeah i saw tell all your friends for taking back sunday I saw, I saw dream theater twice playing my favorite album the whole way through you're welcome thank you for that um i saw the 59 sound with gaslight anthem <laughs> just because this is funny enough um so yeah i went to see uh perry and i started dating but right before we met i had gone to see my favorite band dream theater 
performing my favorite album, Scenes from a Memory, the whole way through. And uh, it, it, the, the thing itself deals a lot with like life and death and the meaning of life, etc. loss. So the first date I went to see happened to be uh, my father's birthday. My father's been gone quite a few years now. Went to see the show, cried my fucking eyes out, had like a religious experience. A few months later, I meet this little lady sitting next to me. And then a few months after that, she says, hey, I got you tickets to see Dream Theater. And it's like, oh, fuck, this is the second leg of that tour. I've literally seen this exact show they're going to put on. But you know what happened in between? My fucking stepdad died. So I got, I got a, my stepfather died just so I could have as emotionally moving a show the second time around. Wait, new did, and you saw the first show on your dad's birthday. Yep. And you saw the second show on my dad's birthday. That's right. Also, let's preface this by saying I didn't just buy you the tickets. Like, like I asked you, hey, because we were, it had been like a, like a short enough amount of time of dating where I was like, hey, our birthday, it was like maybe August. I'm like, our birthdays are in October. Like, I could buy you these tickets. But, like, there's a good chance we might not be dating at that point. If I get you these tickets, will you buy them off of me if we're broken up? Like, because you have to buy a concert enough in advance. And you were like, yes, I will. But also, I've seen this tour, but I would like to see it again. Yeah. So you did know go. Like, before I bought them, you were like, yeah, I'm okay with seeing this. Yeah. And I'm glad I went. It was a good show. It was a good show. Mm -hmm. Such a small venue, too. Yep, New Brunswick. Guys, if you get the chance, if you live in a big enough metropolitan area, try to go to the second leg of the tour. That's where they hit, like, the B markets where they're not going to make as much money. or, or, Well, they'll probably charge a little more for a smaller venue. But, yeah, to get to sit that much closer is awesome you know what's hilarious skip philly go to red bank i was gonna say for nine inch nails philly was gonna be the b market for that tour that i went to the new york philly was a b market and then covid happened ah fuck yeah and then the pregnancy happened sorry for that yeah you seem to be Bummer. doing well with it actually pregnancy didn't happen birth happened mm, that's right yeah we, we had, had t- the baby already <laughs> we had tickets for what, what were the dates um may 25th we had tickets May 25th to see Nine Inch Nails. Two weeks before my due date. Our baby was we to like, be born June 8th. We're, we're like, we can make it. It'll be fine. Even if I go into labor, we're like in the same city. And then without getting into too bitch much detail. Had, bitch had to be born five days before the show. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we missed Nine Inch Nails to, to have a baby. Yeah. Lame. Lame. She's never going to live that down. Never. So, all right. I feel like that's a good note to end on. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean... Okay, uh, let's throw this out there. Uh, if one band could reunite, let's imagine Magic Genie um, and not from Aladdin, you can actually bring people back from the dead. You die and go to heaven. And you, Wait, never mind. F- fuck this. Uh, yeah, any band you could see live, we're going to skip the Beatles because everybody would say the fucking Beatles. All right. If you could bring people back from but the not, dead. But not everyone has like three Beatles tattoos on them. Just saying. Yeah, but even at that, the obvious answer is the Beatles. No, I know, but it's like obvious for me even more so is my point. Okay. Um. Oh, any bands? Man, I feel like I've answered this question differently so many times. I'll make the lame answer. Wait, wait. Oh. Does that have to be a band? Can it be an artist? It, be- can, it can be an artist. Okay, because it'd be Bowie. Bowie's a good one. Bowie's a good one. If I was to go individual artist, it would have to be Bowie. Uh, just to show my white trash roots here, have to be Skinnered. I have no interest in Leonard Skinner without fucking uh, Ronnie Van Zant singing. I think group would be Queen. Fuck Leonard Skinner. I'd go see Queen. <laughs> 
Another, much like My Chemical Romance, a band that like great live band, but man, the music itself was just it, it was hard to pull off those arrangements. Yeah, but I feel like Freddie Mercury could command a crowd. Yeah, the showmanship alone. He could yeah, pull exactly. Off. All right. Uh, so I guess that's the end of this episode yeah. of the first episode of Goth Mom. Yes, thank um, you for joining in. Um, until we get a more official avenue, send any emails to kygcomedy at gmail.com. We'll get an official thing set up for this one. Oh, I thanks, guess. honey. We'll borrow yours. Yeah. Yeah. Or they could send messages to you directly. I don't know if you want to put your Instagram out there. Um, well, I mean, my, the Instagram is Gothbomb podcast. I'm an attention whore at Jesse Dram. Well, <laughs> uh, actually at KYGY2K podcast as well. Yes. In case you didn't catch it. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to have you tune in more and hopefully we'll have more of a, um, you know, structure to this at some point, but for now it's just us bantering. That's right. Later. Spooky Dukes. Woo. Oh, God, my back lean forward. Here we go.